Hey guys, this is Jim Fix, a.k.a. Fillmore. For those of you who love QF, a podcast about Howard Stern, and would like to donate some money, there's two ways now you can do it. Uh, You can join our Patreon page, which is listed in the graphic you're seeing now. But also, if you'd rather not do a subscription-based thing, even if it's a buck a month or what have you, uh, you can use our PayPal account, which would be jimfix76 at gmail.com. And you can donate whatever you like, however you like, uh, one of those two ways, and we'd more than appreciate it if you'd like to do so. Thank you very much. Oh, well, all these guys are around, and they don't do my show. And, you know, I, I got to be honest with you. I go nuts when I see these guys on Letterman and Jon Stewart, and I see them on these other shows, and it's a non-interview. Now, I didn't see the Letterman one, but I'm sure it was filled with drivel. Oh my god, look at that. There's, there's, there's Led Zeppelin <laughs> sitting in those chairs. Oh my god! That's like when I used to go visit my grandpa in the old age home. There were three guys sitting there like that. Did you, did you ever see. Um, no, no, they're going to come in here. Danny yeah, thinks they're going to come now in. Now they're going to promote. Did you ever see the picture of Robert Plant? You know, he was up at the station about two years ago. There was, at Kingston took a picture with him. Yeah. And Kingston put it on his door. Did you ever see it? No. It looks like Robert Plant ran out of money halfway through the operation to become a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Was there any substance to the interview? No, it was very boring. Right. He, he was fawning over them, and they weren't giving answers. You know, I got to tell you, I know Dave just got the Kennedy Center honors. If there was a God, I'd have the Kennedy Center honor, because I get a hold of people, and I ask them questions. So, so Danny Bush said, come on over, meet Led Zeppelin. They're all going to be together. It's very rare, very rare. So I, I was like, that's a good Danny Bush. And he goes, and, and the guys are thinking of coming on your show. Oh, yeah. So I was like... I go, okay. I go, I said, you know, I'm not even sure I want to meet those idiots. I'm a huge rock fan. I have a huge amount of knowledge about rock. I'm a rock DJ. You know what's a bullshit line I still get from publicists that makes me crazy? And I used to get it back in the day. Yeah. Oh, um, he's not doing radio. Yeah, he's lucky to have gotten away with it. Yeah, listen to this loon. And his shirt's open. And his, you know what? And his chest wasn't even that good that he had his shirt open. I didn't think the shirt open. He's prancing around like a fruit. I know. All those rags he's yeah. wearing. Please. <laughs> Because I'll tell you why, you're lazy motherfuckers. When you were out on the road and Led Zeppelin was a band just starting, and you were busy ripping off these black guys, ah, these motherfuckers. <laughs> guys who were my heroes. I, I, you know what? I spent more years at radio stations promoting the careers of these guys. It's just a sprinkling for the May Queen. What a bunch of fruits. <laughs> well, I'm excited, as I said earlier this morning. Here he is, a rock god. Now, you know, do you think Jimmy Page was the great love of your life? <laughs> now, now, seriously. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, once again to the triumphant return of Sam and Fillmore. This is QF, a podcast about Howard Stern, and we're pleased to be back recording live. Well, live with us. You're not going to get it live, but fuck it. And <laughs> you guys don't get it live, but I'm so excited to be back that I don't care you're lying to our audience. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't piss on them. And when you guys can't see it, but Sam has for the occasion uh, she purchased and on this on the strength of it looking like the Howard 101 or the Howard 100 News uh, jackets that they used to promote. Uh, it's almost the exact same color from what I can tell. And she's got a hey. blazer. on. It looks very sharp. Yeah, I saw it and I 
I love the mustard color, but I just liked it had a little shoulder pad to it. And it was, you know, like a boyfriend blazer. And I'm like, oh, this is really cute. And I look like a Howard 101 reporter. (laughs) So great. Well, the original plan for this particular podcast, guys, was due to popular request, we were going to go through the Robert Plant interview from 2017. And then we we got... um, First thing I got to do is thank uh, one of our QFers, Paul Delgado, who came through like a fucking champ. He not only had the um, Robert Plant interview show, but he managed to find the wrap-up show. So we're going to go through all of that. But yeah, go ahead. Paul Delgado sounds like a really amazing folk hero. (laughs) 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 It's like a great name. (laughs) Does anyone remember Hard Drives? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, so anyway, what happened was while we were thinking about it, I said, why don't we make this a proper reshinding? Because he actually talked so much shit about Zeppelin for years, just like he did about Neil Young and uh, God, anybody in Jagger. He's still talking shit about Jagger. Anybody who doesn't come into the show and do his show is an asshole until they come in and do his show. Adam Sandler, until he could come on the show. You know what? Crap. That's going to be another reshinding. Uh, he, ta- he talked shit about him for years before he finally came in. So I totally know about Adam Sandler and that complete turnaround. Most of the reshindings that we have planned, I know and remember. This one took me by complete surprise because I didn't realize the absolute nonsense and horrible shit he said over the years. I knew he said a little bit about his look and how he looked, but I didn't really remember him ever talking about him with I don't know, just such hatred and disdain and shittiness, petty shittiness. Right. Sometimes, sometimes there's, uh, there were targets that he picked that were perfect for us and that's why we loved them. And we were, we thought, you know, he really for sure hated these people, but we know in retrospect, he's just a complete star fucker and would go after anybody as, as soon as he could just to make himself appear bigger or make the show bigger, make more, put more, you know, marbles in his pocket. And honestly, I agreed with most of his shitting on celebrities because uh, I laughed right along with it. And it kind yeah. of, like you said, curbed the way you thought about him, except for Adam Sandler, because you know mm-hmm. me. That's oh, yeah. that's <laughs> that, my great love of my Adam Sandler bullshit movies. If you grew up as a kid in the 90s, you can't hate Adam Sandler. I mean, come on. Well, uh, yeah, unless you, you know, unless you finally stuck with him and went to Pixels and Grown Ups Two and shit. Oh um, uh, no, uh-uh. no, there was that a cutoff point. <laughs> I, I pretend that doesn't exist. What was your cutoff point, little Nikki? Uh, no, I mean I hated that too. But actually, there was this one that wasn't bad at all with uh, the guy from Saturday Night Live. Uh, he's like a eighties. Uh, who cares? It's yeah. good. Okay, That's the only enough. one after a certain point. Okay, fair enough. Either way, we decided to make this a reshindy because as I went through and looked through my files, I said, fuck it, let's just go after him. So, guys, I'm not aware if this is going to be a two-parter. I mean, it's definitely going to be a, a long slog. I'm not sure if we're going to make it one part or two, but let's go ahead and try our, our best to get through it. It's just a sprinkling for the May Queen. What a bunch of fruits. Hey, can I, you know what? I got to tell you something. <laughs> so, I got invited to this thing. Led Zeppelin released a double DVD right. of like all of their concert footage or whatever. 
what he's not what he's talking about was a remastered DVD in around it was 2003. This is when this comes from summer or so of 2003. And this DVD actually I saw it. It was fantastic. If you were not a Zeppelin fan or if you were, it it was the best video at that point had that had been released legally and was the sound and at that point the the, the video was fantastic. It was really good because they got some some real proper people remastering it. Yep. Fillmore, did he just call them fruits? Yes, of course. <laughs> Are, oh, so we're living in the Twilight Zone. Sounds good. Okay, exactly. Supposedly, like, specially retouched. It's the same old crap you've seen a million times, like that Led Zeppelin movie right. that, yeah, yeah. where they're riding around on, like, those gay horses. The song remains the same. Yeah, yeah. Horse, headless horseman is running around. And... Yeah, they're with their children naked in a pond. Yeah, you know. Go ahead. Didn't this asshole dress up as a drag queen to promote his book? <laughs> Multiple he, times he's dressed in drag. And he's calling he's calling Zeppelin a fruit for riding a horse. <laughs> I gotta put that Photoshop of him and Paul Lynn side by side for this. <laughs> oh my god. Well, when they start going in about when he goes on to the open shirts and stuff and talks about his chest, my god, like who are you fucking talking about? Raven and I were just discussing how for the next breakdown we're gonna have to have all the fruitiest pictures of him stacked and have it like a uh, slideshow for the for the viewers oh, that's because... easy just a google image immediately <laughs> immediately comes right up yeah exactly. not very hard no it doesn't it's like searching for snow in buffalo you'll find it f you so it's the same crap i've seen already except digitally remastered supposedly uh-huh. which doesn't even look any different so so, so Danny Bush said, come on over, meet Led Zeppelin. They're all going to be together. It's very rare, very rare. So I, I was like, that's a good Danny Bush. And he goes, and, and the guys are thinking of coming on your show. Oh, yeah. Right. So I was like, I go, okay. I, go, I said, you know, I'm not even sure I want to meet those idiots. <laughs> How soon we forget. Oh, so Fred's alive back then. Yeah, exactly. Notice everyone. Yeah. Fred's alive, and He's got a pulse. so he would he would rather go play beer pong at Billy Joel's house or or freaking do a sing along with Bon Jovi and John Stamos. But Led Zeppelin, oh, I don't know if I want to meet that rare those rare <laughs> unicorn people. He'd rather air guitar with Joe Walsh and Leslie West <laughs> and Sam Kinison on stage. <laughs> Joe Walsh, he'd rather air guitar with Harry Styles. He's such a loser. Oh, geez. He'd, he'd rather play Harry Styles' skin flute. I mean, <laughs> I love that music and everything, but they are idiots. Yeah, but have you ever heard a good interview? Never. Never. They don't talk. Yeah, I'm like, hey, how was it like being into the devil and, you know, all that crap? Banging chicks with sharks and right. hotels. And they'll be like, oh. Yep. Could you imagine, like, I don't know, the character uh, in Dumb and Dumber, Jim Carrey's character, calling use dumb because that's the equivalent of what Howard's doing right now. Yeah. He's an, he's a complete 79 calling Robert Plant an idiot. Well, well the whole <laughs> band really. I mean like at this point it's it's and again we know that it was just they wouldn't come in and at that point and many times they were just refused to do interviews just the same as they wouldn't release uh, singles. The Led Zeppelin their entire catalog was and they were dicks about it. Cameron Crowe, I think it wasn't Cameron Crowe, it was uh, Richard Linkletter who did, uh, he directed Dazed and Confused. And he asked Zeppelin 
for the to use the song Dazed and Confused for the movie. And apparently they said, no, we're not going to do it. And he goes, listen, I love the title. I'm going to keep the title, but I'm never fucking using a Zeppelin song ever again. If I if I get the opportunity, just I'm boycotting Zeppelin forever because, you know, this is a tribute to them, really. And they wouldn't have any part of it. They were real dicks about it. Well, I mean, it's their music and whatever, and you can lease it how you want. But I mean, Howard, to call him an idiot, does anyone remember the Jones Beach Rob Zombie performance <laughs> or anything else he's done musically? <laughs> Holy shit. What right. nerve. Hey, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm too good for this. Robert Plant thinks he's too good for the planet. Meanwhile, none of his lyrics make any sense. <laughs> So yeah, he's lucky to have gotten away with it. Yeah, listen to this loon and his shirt's open and his you know what? And his chest wasn't even that good that he had his shirt open. <laughs> Do we put, we put that picture of him in the blue trunks on in the, at this point? Or you could put a picture of me basically blowing my mic in shock. <laughs> I am in shock. I'd never played this clip for you before. I think I, some of these will go into the theme, which I did play for you, but uh, not if, this. Not, not this. No, not the whole thing. Dig the shirt open. Just prancing around like a fruit. I know all those. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Can, we, can, we, can, we... can we just do an hour on this? I I know lobotomies are bad, but I might need one after this. <laughs> what am I listening to right now? I feel like I need an ice pick through the front of my eyeball. What is happening? He really is like, um, it, think of the OJ trial, except if OJ was wearing a suit covered in blood and he had the, <laughs> the, he was wearing the Bruno Mali <laughs> shoes and there were bloody footprints leading up to the witness stand <laughs> and him going, oh, I didn't do it. I wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. It happens. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, no, guys. It's not. It's not. It's not fake I mean, laughter. It's not induced. It's not induced by Molly or anything. We have. It's, I'm giddy. We haven't recorded in a long time. Over a month now. About a month, I would say, between me and Sam. I mean, I have never heard this, and I usually hear everything or yeah. remember it. I have sure. never heard this. Right. That's and I don't rare for me. And I don't believe I've put it on my channels. I might have maybe my, one of my first YouTube channels, but that was ages and ages ago. So a lot of people wouldn't have heard this. Please. <laughs> the only cool dude was Bonzo Bonham, but he and died. He died. That was what was cool. Yeah, that's what made him cool. Unless he looked like an old drag queen now, like the rest of them. Thank goodness. Oh. Oh, um, Danny Bush says, come on over and meet these guys. So I was like, I'm not going over there. There's no way I want to meet Led Zeppelin. Sit around with... Zeppelin, Zeppelin. So glad glad he still doesn't know how to phonetically pronounce the name. (laughs) When we did, when we did the, when we did Doctor Abelo, um, I I put a Photoshop. There was two parts, and for the second part, I just literally wrote down phonetically Abelo. I might just write down Zeppelin and put that as the the the, uh, title card for this. Um, Do you you think when he's like at an Italian festival and there's Zeppelis, he's like Zeppelis? I think it's a tough one. I think with those, especially with the new teeth. Um, so it, it, this is the this was pretty much par for the course. He'd bitch and moan that someone didn't come in, and then he'd expect like this wouldn't get back to them. I have no idea. I'm surprised he was saying this stuff about the lyrics because remember he was so into. Now, what were you thinking about when you wrote this? 
I thought you just said his lyrics are a bunch of bullshit. I never knew he said that, but apparently he did. Why would Robert Plant ever, ever go on his show? Well, think about it. This is a six minute clip of him shitting on them. But if you blink, you didn't get it. So in 2003, no one, most people did not have, you know, MP3 storage. You know, that was still becoming a thing like LimeWire and Kazaa and Audio Galaxy and eDonkey and all this shit. But this wouldn't have been, most likely this wouldn't have been there. People were archiving the show over the years more thoroughly to the point now where it's really tough. A lot of people are desperate to get, uh, uh, you know, stuff like this. But either way. maybe. Yeah, so maybe in 2003, people in Robert Plant's universe maybe didn't listen to Stern. They had no, no idea that he said this. Not religiously, this. exactly. Right. So if it doesn't, it just disappears. And if he never says it again, or if he's never bitchy again, but yeah, we will have other clips <laughs> from years later as well. So. Well, hello, everyone. We're cleaning out the attic, and we found <laughs> this old toy. That's right. I don't know. We can't call this, like, it's not blackface. I guess it's just shithead face. So um, we're, yeah. we're going to go forward. So then uh, Danny sent me a note with the new DVD and saying, listen, uh, sorry to meet them. So, you know, I tried really hard to get him on this show. I couldn't. He goes, but each guy signed the DVD for you. That's very rare. Wow. They don't sign anything. I took I threw it right in the garbage. Yeah. <laughs> <gasps> oh, my God. First of all, do you believe him? I don't know, because I remember during uh, the... Whose guitar did we talk about? David Bowie's. Remember before he was praising Bowie when he died and he yep. gave that huge diatribe mm-hmm. and said how much he loved David Bowie. And that was all in the Pelican brief, mm-hmm. um, his presentation about how much he loves David Bowie and everyone should be talking about how much he loves him. Right. David Bowie s- signed a guitar for him and he was mm-hmm. like, smash it. Who cares? Yeah. Right. Because he wouldn't, because do, he the wouldn't show. do the show. Exactly. Because that's how much the rock DJ loves rock stars and cares exactly. about music, everyone. Well, first of all, why, why wouldn't you fucking keep it and sell it and hoard it? If you know something's signed, like, you know how much money some of that shit goes for eventually? And then when they die, holy fuck. Uh, well, that's I mean, why the a part of me is like, why would you? I don't believe him for throwing it out because Howard loves marbles more than anything. Absolutely. So I don't care if it's a penny on the ground. He's not partying with it. No, fuck no. And, you know, someone out there would definitely want it. So I doubt he threw it out. It's just him acting like a big, oh, big shot. I'm bigger than them. Fuck them. Do you think it was a package on eBay with Beth's signed pictures? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Oh, it's so rare. Each guy signed the DVD. I'm like, wow. <laughs> Gee, I'll lose sleep he over that. Have, you know, used it for toilet paper before he threw it. It's going to be heartbroken. I'm telling you. I threw it right in the garbage. I got the rap, but I get it on the phone. What'd you get? They never do He's this. He's a liar. Because they never do this. They don't sign anything. Well, anything how come they did it then? For you, because Howard, because you're the god, you're the king. Right. Do you know that at one point there was? Do you know at one point there was a lunch set up between me, Danny, a bunch of executives at Atlantic Records, and Robert Plant and Jimmy? Okay, hold on. Yep. I. A little side question. What is Robin's taste in music besides the, you know, Simone Dinnerstein shit? Because every time Howard says he likes someone, she says she likes someone. Every time Howard's shitting on someone, she's shitting on someone. So I honestly don't even really know what Robin's taste in music is. I have no idea. I think the two of them are just posers and they'll like whatever is hot, whatever they think. I don't think they know what they like. I know what I don't like. I absolutely like you and I have styles of music that we like. Absolutely. And eras that we absolutely adore. 
Uh, It's nothing. It's no, there's no shame in him saying, I love the music. I don't know why he feels he has to shit on him. And, um, and then like to criticize him like this, I don't know. I just don't get it. It's, it's just very childish, obviously. And it's born out of just jealousy. He can't get him. Um, and, uh, they, if they weren't going to come in, what's the sign thing going to do for him? That's his, that's his immature way of thinking. I, I honestly, I tried to think to myself too, like what's a band or somebody, you know, Howard maybe shit on or something or, or didn't, but I want to see get back together or give an interview for mm-hmm. me. It's the Smiths. Yeah. Like, I want to see, I want to see that so bad. And I'm like, I don't care how bad the interview is. If Howard, Howard's bullshit pulls that off. I'll listen to it. I so want to see that. <laughs> well, That's my God. only. Yeah, it's one of the few bands with all the members still alive that people, a lot of people would just pay shitloads of money to go see. And that could still play. That's the whole point. Johnny Marr is fucking amazing still. I know. Um, anyway, well, wish, wishes, wishes may come true. Who knows? Page to discuss the whole possibility of them coming on the show. You're kidding. And then that got canceled. Of course. You can't even get the meeting. Yeah, because you know who set it up? Danny without their knowledge. Danny wanted it to happen more than life itself, and they're just not interested. They don't care. Yes, they don't. They, they really got don't. More money than God. It's yeah, and, and 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 I don't know. What are they going to get up early for? If you didn't have to get up early, why would you? Yeah, I mean, especially those guys. They never got up early. Uh, no, they they stayed up all night. They didn't. They, of course, they they stayed up until seven a.m. Fucking twenty groupies each, and uh, you know. It's Sirius XM, so don't get up in the morning. Record the interview and play it. Well, Whenever. this clip was this clip was there was still K Rock, but even still, it was the same hours. It was even earlier, in fact, wasn't it? Six a.m. back in the day. Six a.m. Yeah, so they're certainly not getting up for this shit. Now, when they did finally get him, it was really early in the morning for, to get Robert Plant, and he was uh, commenting on it himself. He's like, "Jesus Christ, this like you know transatlantic you know flight, and then getting in and having to fucking perform for this monkey, and then just you know." listening to all these Chris Farley Zeppelin questions, which we'll get to, guys. But anyway. They never, they hardly ever did anything to promote their albums. They just sold. That's true. Yeah. Did, you, did you ever see... Um, no, no, they're going to come in here. Danny yeah, thinks they're going to come in Now they're going to promote. Did you ever see the picture of Robert Plant? You know, he was up at the station about two years ago. There was, and Kingston took a picture with him. Yeah. And Kingston put it on his door. Did you ever see it? No. It looks like Robert Plant ran out of money halfway through the operation to become a woman. <laughs> <laughs> like that's le- that's legitimately funny. And why would you, like, you may as well own it at that point? Fuck it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think Howard followed suit. I think so too. <laughs> well, I know I saw the pictures from that whatever it was that viewing they had, and it was like, who are these old guys? You yeah. know, why is anybody in, in spe- especially that Long John, whatever his name is? What is the other John guy? Paul Jones? Yeah, Long John, Long John Silver. Like, what a fucking <laughs> idiot! How do you not know their the members' names? <laughs> How many times has Robin been in that fast food line <laughs> trying to get a fried fish sandwich? <laughs> My lord. Silver. <laughs> hey, Darren, you're on the air. Hey, Howard, how you doing? Hey. Um, what, uh, what are you guys talking about over there? Talking about Zeppelin, man. I-, I know you're talking about Zeppelin. I mean, how could you uh, put them down like this? I mean, oh, come on, man. You you can't tell me. And, and this new DVD, I mean, it's, it's oh, fantastic. Dude. Who is this, Danny Bush? Not the same thing. <laughs> how- I, I'm in shock that they, <laughs> how stupid this is, and how could you knock them? And also, he looks like he's going to be a woman. Do you know how hard those guys lived? You're lucky they're alive. <laughs> Who cares yeah. what they look like? 
Right. I don't give a shit if they're wrinkled bags of bone with bronzer and concealer. I mm. could give a shit less. They're alive. That's amazing. Yeah, they survived like, that many drugs. I mean, yeah, come yeah, on. Certainly, certainly Paige did. Yeah. And uh, the thing is, the guys like Keith Richards, yeah, I, who nobody gives a fuck what he looks like. He's not, he was never hired. He was never popular for his looks. They loved the music. And he was thankfully lived long enough to write that amazing autobiography of his, which was I recommend to anybody, whether you're a, a Stones fan or not. It's just a really, really good read. And, um, you know, same with the, with the Zeppelin. They did reunite, I believe it was for, if I'm not mistaken, I thought it was Live 8, but I can't remember. No, a couple things. I think it was the Atlantic Records or Amit Erdogan birthday or something. A couple times they've reunited with, um, oh, at least once they reunited with um, Jason Bonham, uh, uh, Bonham's son, John Bonham's son, and they played a couple, you know, short gigs or whatever. But I think it might have been for Live 8. I can't remember. But either way, and they sounded fine. It certainly put the, the bones of uh, Live Aid to rest because that, that, that's a notoriously bad show, worse than the Simon LeBon note heard around the world. Molly Muskelly, that's for you. I know you love Duran's. Um, and the Zeppelin, they would not allow Live Aid, the performance they did for Live Aid, to go on the DVD because they were so awful. Just check it out, guys. Trust me. Ooh. It's not Dude, get over it already. But it's not the same thing. It's song remains the same. It's nothing like it. We it's love Zeppelin. It's fun to listen to him, But my God, I mean, you can't take yeah, it seriously. Have to watch it? Them? How is it different than song remains the same? It's, it's nothing like it. Song remains the same only has like four songs on it. It hmm. has like five and a half hours of live Zeppelin. That's wow. <laughs> the rap with Zeppelin's always been, no, you're a fan of the music. around and being naked with horses and everything. Like it. So, in other words, he just got busted for being full of shit and trying to like uh, mock something that isn't, you know, really mockable. Not that DVD. I, you can knock, knock him for a lot of shit, but not that. Yeah, there's a lot of different eras, and every artist make mis- makes mistakes. Sure. And what he's talking about, the song remains the same, guys. For those of you who aren't, aren't fans or aren't old fucking codgers like me, uh, it was a concert film that was released years after the the after it was actually recorded, and it was just uh, a soundtrack. To it was made into a soundtrack, and the movie was just a live concert footage with some kind of scenery shots. It was really stupid, and the footage wasn't very good. And the concert, the, the they were filmed at shitty concerts, so the band always said eh, it was just like a a document of that period in time, and it it served a purpose. It was just filler, really contractual filler, because they didn't have an album out, uh, and um, so they wanted to make amends years later by releasing all this great footage, but making sure it looked right, the sounded right, and the package was fantastic. And I'm not a fan. I'm not a huge fan. I like some of their songs, but I saw that DVD when it came out, and I was like, wow, this is pretty amazing. I mean, the Spice Girls made a movie. Everyone makes mistakes. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band was made into a movie. People are fans of the music, but they're fans of the guys in the yeah. band. Yeah. I mean, it's embarrassing. I remember I went to see Zeppelin, and uh, Jimmy Page came out in his, his um, what do you call that? Like a wizard's outfit. Right, yeah. with that funny hat. And and, uh... Yeah, he had a big f- funny. He looked like, you know when Mickey Mouse comes out at the end yeah. of the... Right. Yeah, the, the great sorcerer. Yeah. He's no wizard's outfit, for fuck's sake. He just had like an Elvis jumpsuit on, and he had like um, a dragon always along the leg. That was Jimmy Page's big look back then. Oh, because I'm picturing, you know... Harry Potter. Dumbledore. <laughs> Dumbledore. <laughs> Dumbledore. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I got that one wrong. <laughs> such yeah, an idiot. who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, on big yeah. pajamas and and the big double neck guitar. Yeah. He was like the first guy with that thing. Right. It was funny. Bottom line is they're the men. 
Yeah, the, the yeah, more we... unbelievable. I'm talking about the music only. All right. right. The more we got to know them, the less we liked them. You should check out the DVD and the three. Oh, Robin, nothing more could be true about all of you. Oh, God, yeah. And that sounds like, doesn't that sound a little like Tommy from Malden? Actually, you know what? It does. It's just not as clear. No. So, yeah, it Let's, does. We'll play, we'll play a little more. He, I think there's a little more of him. I'll, I'll, I'll go really spend all day on that. Very good. I'm sure. Good speaking to you. Good speaking to you. Faye, you're on the air. And really, I, I negligent. I'll have to go back and listen to that. But I was now yeah. that just occurred to me. It sounds like Tommy from Alden, but he didn't. Call, he didn't call himself Tommy from Alden. So maybe, maybe, huh? Re-listen, guys, and you tell us. Reading it. Some people say they don't like when I even read the email. So I get <laughs> about people not liking email. I got an email saying, "Please don't read email on the air anymore." It upsets us. A lot of people wrote in said they didn't. <laughs> wish that were true. Go ahead. Even if that were true, please don't read email. It it upsets us. So now in 2021, we just read a bunch of fake fan letters email. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So we took took everyone's advice and decided to go in the opposite direction and do exactly (laughs) what you said we don't like. And we still don't. We still don't allow anybody, just anybody, to tweet on our posts either. <laughs> it has no to be comments. just fa- fans of the show, or you're not allowed to tweet whatsoever on Twitter. It's amazing. I didn't like that I put down Led Zeppelin because I goofed on the remaining members of Led Zeppelin. How can you not? Look at him. I mean, come on. Fillmore, I might kill myself if I have to hear Zeppelin <laughs> for hours on end. I don't know, but I'm feeling the slight. I don't know, a voice in the back of my head that's saying, take a bunch of pills and drink every time, every <laughs> well, time I that, okay. Zeppelin. Zeppelin. Guys, so here's your, this is your drinking game if you really want to get fucked up, like stat. Every, no, time, you hear, every, every time you hear Zeppelin, just, that's one way. When, once we get into the interview, as soon as you hear a Chris Farley type question, drink. You'll be, you'll be, <laughs> un, you'll be in the bag in no time. <laughs> If this is the game, we'll all be Hank the Angry Dwarf, end of life. <laughs> Poor Hank. God bless him. Rest in peace, Hank. Now, someone said, uh, why, you big-nosed bastard? Why? <laughs> why what? I love you. I really do. But your anti-Led Zeppelin rant today pissed me off. It was beneath you. It was the first thing I've heard after 13 years of listening to you that actually shocked me. <laughs> <laughs> so the person took a 13-year hiatus from Stern and Clan had to write in? <laughs> I guess the Rodney King thing didn't phase him. I'd say okay. one of the I'd say one of the forums. Somebody was on a forum and wrote about it, and then uh, decided like this is you know blasphemy. And and Zep fans would do this anyway. But I think in this case, it's not even Zep fans. It's people going, "This is Wiggy not knowing what the fuck he's talking about." Going off and let's take him to pieces. This would have been the early version of what Reddit is now and what our face group is you know now and. By 2003, people were starting to actually going, they're starting to question him a lot more. And it just got worse and worse over the years. Well, when he says stuff like this, it's such an, the stupidity of him to think we don't see how transparent it is that you don't know what you're talking about. And it's because you're just pissed that they're not going on your show. So that's when people started realizing, oh, if they go on your show, then you like them. It has nothing to do with taste. Yeah, it's just like that one's a Norm Macdonald line. Like, because Chevy, if you like Howard, he'll like you, and it'll all be over. That's as fucking simple <laughs> as it gets. <laughs> Thank you, Norm. Holy cow. Oh, you got to be kidding me, man. Jesus. Maybe it was just a bit. Maybe you really despise Zeppelin as much as it sounded like you do. If so, then I'm surprised. I know you appreciate good music, and Zeppelin gave us so much of that. 
<laughs> he appreciates good music like Pink. Um, <laughs> one plus one is two. Yeah. The new DVD release, by the way, doesn't contain a single second of stuff that was on the song Remains the Same. This guy, and, and the email goes on for like pages. Oh. Yeah, and he's combating you with facts, Howard, so you're clearly unarmed and you're fucked. You're, you're just completely destroyed in the argument. How could you stupidly diss Led Zeppelin? I expect more from you. Dude, hey, you know what? I'm into Led Zeppelin. I grew up listening to Led Zeppelin. I love Led Zeppelin. But come on, those guys are pretty pukey. Let's face it. Robert Plant's a po like he's the king of the posers. <laughs> <laughs> and he <laughs> this Oh my God! Isn't that Holy brutal? Christ in heaven! What? What? Wait! What? I king of the posers. Are you fucking kidding me? This guy has dressed like a goth vampire. Somebody who's on a Baywatch set, a fucking P Diddy music video, Crocs in a in a white party. This asshole! You gotta be fucking kidding me! King of no. the posers. King We're of the posers. How many wigs do you own, Howard? Look at those hairstyles. Do you think one of the rooms in the uh, in Seventeen Squabble Lane is dedicated to just wigs? Oh, and a room. I'm guessing a wing. <laughs> Climate controlled. Okay, the next clip is going to be from 2009. It's the. Uh, it's it's actually right after. I guess it's following the Grammys because the Grammys are on like early, like the Oscars, early part of the year, right? By the way, too, he's a poser because he didn't go on the show. That's yeah, it. That's if he all. Would have went yeah. on the show, guys. He'd be. Uh, uh, how big is your cock? And he'd be. He'd oh, have perfect. His he'd perfect. have his tongue. He'd have his tongue so far up his ass he could reach his pancreas. He it would not be that. It's not that. It's not that complex. So the next time he did a, a um, I think it's called Raising Sand. It was a, an album with Alison Krauss, and uh, it was okay. a so, like basically a solo album, you know. And it, it got a Grammy. It sold a million copies. It was actually a, a pretty big hit for Plant at a time when he really wasn't selling a lot of records. And so <laughs> this is Howard fucking on him, and already still in studio. So check it out. When I saw Robert Plant out there. And he's not doing that anymore. Yeah, and I was like, what the? Where's, oh, <laughs> what happened? Does anyone remember laughter? <laughs> that was all a lie. What the fuck is he doing He now? wanted to be a country singer all this time. And I took that asshole seriously when he was in Zep. <laughs> <laughs> he's upset about him making a country record, Fillmore, or whatever yeah. he made. Yet he just said he's a poser and well, yeah. doesn't care but, about him. Well, again, like his solo album, like he, he, Robert Plant had a solo career that was pretty good considering. And Jimmy Page did fuck all after Zeppelin. I think he did a Death Wish soundtrack and Outrider was a solo album and did pretty much, and maybe with the Black Crows. That was a good album, Jimmy Page with the Black Crows Live at the Greek. But Robert Plant tried his best to continue on doing things. So did John Paul Jones. He did, he produced, he released an album, Zuma, I think it was called. Uh, it was actually pretty good. Um, he produced Diamond Gallus. He did strings for REM, I think, um, on uh, Automatic for the People. He did a lot of work, actually, over the years, just being a, a, a session guy and also being a producer. So they kept busy. And then Jimmy Page was all about 
putting repackaging shit of Led Zeppelin together and, you know, playing live, I suppose. But would they have yeah. enough money the, between oh. all of them? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So they then who cares? Yeah, they and don't if have they to want to come out with whatever they want to let them do it. And that doesn't make them a poser. No, well, he I just mean, wanted no. to do other things. They did Zeppelin for, think of the Beatles. The Beatles did 10 years as the Beatles, more or less. And then they broke up and they wanted to do other stuff. It's not, it's not, it's their, their only problem they have is they made such a great body of work. Everything's going to get compared to it, but that's natural. Well, it can get compared to it, but like Howard, like a child, even when Paul McCartney comes in, mm-hmm. he holds on to all these Beatles references and Beatles things and comparing everything to the Beatles. The guy is allowed to make new music. You don't, yes. you might not like it, right? but that's, you know, it would also not be great either if he was just doing the same thing for all these years and same with Robert Plant. He's well. That's the whole point. He's entitled to make new music, and actually, that's the the whole deal is between McCartney and, and Robert Plant. They actually had some hits as solo artists, so it's not as if they did any nothing of consequence. It's just asshole is hung up on Zed Led Zeppelin. It's as if it's the same when Norm Macdonald comes in. He goes, "You got still got that gambling problem." It's like <laughs> your senile yeah. grandfather who's lost his short term memory and only can remember things from you know f- like fifty years ago. But that's it. Yeah. Bill Burr came in and was like, you're still going for that angle with the yeah. black guy beat you up. We're still doing that. <laughs> that was, was a great like, line. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I think what was the other great line? He says, yeah, I'll see you in another 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> that was so good. I thought something meant something when he said the hedgerow in the hedgerow. Yeah, there was something deep going on. Oh, <laughs> There's a hedgerow in your chudrow. Is there a bustle in your hedgerow? Is there a bustle? I thought he was serious. <laughs> so 79 can't even get the fucking lyrics right. Neither can she. He was all shit. <laughs> Mike, hey, who's that old homeless guy? Isn't he in The Wrestler? And that was Robert Plant. <laughs> so, you, like, you play this for Robert Plant, he'll never come and do your fucking show. Unless it's to tell you off and tell you you're a cocksucker. No I'm one... in shock. Really? I didn't realize how deeply insulting he was. Yeah. I mean, I knew he was somewhat insulting, but I didn't realize it was this bad. Oh, God. It was beyond. So here we go. When they first got us together to do this project, I didn't think it was going to work, quite frankly. I want to thank the Academy and everyone for my award with Alice Krauss. (laughs) Who's worse at accents, him or Robin? I think it's it's a dead heat. Yeah, it's a dead heat. I think there's Wiggy's voice. Uh, her voice annoys me too. I don't know. Gotta be. It's gotta be tied. <laughs> it's, it's Howard by a nose. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a little bit of uh, the acceptance speech for record of the year. One seven. Sell out. You know when we started this. <laughs> <laughs> Hindsight is a bitch. <laughs> oh. Oh, God, the irony is just washing over me like a warm high. Are you glad to be back recording when you play shit like this? (laughs) Oh, for fuck's sake. So satisfying. Yeah. There you go. Sounds kind of like when we started this project together. The whole game was a mystery. We gave ourselves three days and we said if it doesn't work, we'll just take lunch and I'll go back to Wolverhampton. But uh, we brought this song out. It's an old song that Jimmy played. I said we'd go back to Wolverham. <laughs> <laughs> Wolverhampton. 
<laughs> he couldn't get it right. She had to correct him. Imagine Robin correcting. So eighty, so 81, 80 corrected seventy nine. Number three, <laughs> that one IQ point is a, is a, is you know like a a light year in a, in advance. You know the one IQ point is he Robin can memorize two sentences. Howard can memorize half of one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see part three, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. It's a magical place where you can make a deal with Satan. Does anyone remember Satan? H and I wrote together post Led Zeppelin. Can't you tell I live in Middle Earth now? And it's it's been given that uh, Nashville touch, and it feels pretty good. Yeah, great. You fucking sellout. <laughs> in case you didn't hear it the first time. And the hits just keep on coming. Oh, yeah. I swear to Christ, there's these accents because he has so few in his lexicon that he oh, can God, pull yeah. off. And yeah. I'm not even saying he's pulling them off. The Millie Bra- Bobby Brown agent, the parents, and yeah, that's about it. But this, I, I, I love his Irish. It, I love his Irish accent when they when they when they've tried in the past. It's not even close. To like uh, he's not even like uh, no. We're after a tour in all these years, and then uh, there's no one gives us a, a reception quite like the folks in Nova Scotia. And I mean, it's he can't do. He can't do an accent. He cannot do um, an Indian. Like when they start, they're talking about oh, a guy from Afghanistan, what... and they use the Indian accent. Anyway. I I know it's so embarrassing. He has no it's idea awful. where. If you were like, can you tell me where the Middle East is? He doesn't know. Oh, Middle East. <laughs> and... <laughs> He, he has he thinks no that, he thinks idea. He thinks the Middle East is a Tolkien reference. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, listen to this accent. It's awful. You know what? It, it, it reminds me of the Ted Kennedy thing where it's one cadence and it's it. one, uh, one the, tone. The inflection. Yeah, one tone. It's awful. I could mean anybody could do Ted Kennedy with half a fucking brain. Anybody who, as Norm says, would have had Down syndrome would be able to do it. Can you do an English accent? Uh, it depends. I'll, I'll quote the the late great um, uh, Peter. I think it was Peter Sellers uh, who was told, uh, who was asked, uh, "Can you do a West London accent?" He said, "Which street?" <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think I can. I guess if I ever want to try to, I always think about the Harry Potter movies. I'm always like Harry Harry Potter. <laughs> well, I, I, when I when I think of accents, I just, when I think of British accents, one of the first ones that comes right to mind is like Michael Caine. It's that Cockney accent. I, she said she Barry. was looking for work. What kind of work? And uh, certain, it, 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 the best best way to learn an accent is really to study a movie again and again, whether it's Sicilian or whether it's like a Spanish like, accent. You know, Adele has that Cockney accent. She she has that. She she really has a. Sometimes it's hard for me to understand her when she's talking. When she's really going, she's a very. Uh, it's not. It's very <laughs> pronounced. Oh yes, absolutely. She never, she never, she didn't go to elocution lessons to sound like Queen Victoria. But mm-hmm. um, the the uh, uh, was thinking. But I like that. it. I like it. Well, there's. Do you know Coronation Street? No. 
do you know Coronation Street is a long-running soap opera from England? And it's, you know, it's like all my children for England, basically. And there was a character on there. <laughs> this is for Sarah Washington. There's a character on there called Vera. And I swear to God, I had to put her, I put her on rewind. I put it on, I slowed it down. I tried to understand what she was saying. And if, if it was English, <laughs> it was a kind really? of English I'd never, under, I'd never heard in my life. So You are. No pressure, Vera. I just need to know when you think you'll be in a position to settle your bill. You and Jack are well in arrears again. Do you know where I'm going right now, dear? I'm going to sign on. That's where I'm going. Uh, I'm sorry, Vera. Do you know I've worked all my life when I could get it? I do all to make ends meet, and I still would if so-called friends didn't let me down. And now this? Well, like I said, Vera. Oh, what do you know, eh? You over there where you cause a little job. You that don't need to work. You come over here penny-pinching. Folk like you that take jobs from under people like me that deserve them. Now look. Now you look. What right have you, eh? What right have you? You're hard up for a quid. You marry something that's rolling in it and then rake it in. Hey, now, hang on a no, minute. No, you Vera. hang on. Listen, you. You can stick your papers, lady. Cos they only tell me what I already know. The world stinks. Yeah, I'll, gotta, I'll see if I can I find Sarah. Okay, uh, hi, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we apologize you very to your, much. We, we apologize you to your neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> You're pretty pissed at him. Well, I mean, who is that guy? What happened to the Zeppelin guy? <laughs> Here's a little bit of their performance. This is what he's talking about. What a sunny day, baby. Whoa. Does anyone remember laughter? Play cashmere. Did you hear me in the audience going, cashmere? <laughs> Misty Mountain Hop. Yeah, Howard, the guy who left the fucking Howard uh, Led Zeppelin concert early because they were throwing firecrackers. <laughs> he's, he's like a big fan. He's, he's a dog. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last bit of that one. Sell out. <laughs> oh my God. I believed. I believed the whole thing, hook, line, and sink. Hey, God, has he fooled us all? I thought those guys were the real deal. <laughs> okay, guys. So now we sorry. Have you got any anything to say about that so far? You, I mean, are you fucking kidding me? Robin and him just went over. Who cares about them? And now they're saying, "I'm so betrayed." These sellouts. Weren't you just shitting on them? Right. Exactly. <laughs> All the over way, them. We're not even an hour deep into this, and Sam's given, I think, three. Are you fucking kidding me? So you know, <laughs> we're, we guys, we are going deep into the murky waters. They're they're saying they're sellouts. That's like changing a diaper that smells and surprise there's shit in there. I mean, why are you acting like this? Well, this you is the thing I don't understand. Assholes. So if you like a definition of a sellout is someone who has completely turned their back on a, a, a portion of the audience that they once pandered to, or, you know, they've done, they went, they've changed their artistics bent completely like 180 degrees. Like someone, let's give an, let's give another example of a sellout. Um, okay. Uh, okay. Uh... It's like someone who goes pop, who's not a pop, like a, who's actually a metal band. I guess it would be, it would, it would be like a hair metal. Metallica is a perfect example. Metallica does the Black Album, right? Bob Rock produced it. Who was this? He produced The Cult. He produced David Lee Roth. He produced uh, uh, all kinds of people. 
I think Aerosmith as well, if I'm not mistaken. And it's just a clean rock sound. Metallica were a metal, heavy metal group, and they went rock, and that was their big hit album. That's a sellout. That's a band you can call a sellout, absolutely. And they, you know, <laughs> there's a meme. Someone's got a meme out there with um, James Hetfield, the singer from Metallica, shopping outside of a Gucci store, and he's got flip-flops on. <laughs> he's got a oh Gucci bag. Oh, my garage. <laughs> right, exactly. And so, I mean, that's fine. Robert Plant started just continued doing whatever it was he was interested in. It was bluegrass. He did like uh, the Honey Drippers in the early 80s. They covered Sea of Love with Brian Setzer, and it was kind of a more traditional sound. That's not selling out. That's no. that's going to your roots and doing whatever it was that because you listen to Zeppelin. Uh, their songs would make you feel different. Every single song might make you feel a little different. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who else sellout wise. I mean, even in like rap, for example, mm-hmm. like hardcore people, gangster rap, those, mm-hmm. there's tons of people who sold out for just like, you know, pop booty shaking club beats. I mean, well, we just we just did a, we did coverage last year of Machine Gun Kelly, who was this, you know, hip who's doing hip hop and now he's doing pop punk. OK, right. I don't know if that's a sellout, but it's a complete genre change. And um, some would argue, well. He traded in on the rap to go somewhere else. And if it works, maybe it does. Kid Rock would be an example. A guy who went rock and started doing country. You could call him a sellout if you wanted. I think his yeah. country I think some of it actually worked. So I, I don't I don't I'm too old to worry about who's fucking selling out. I just want to know who's making good music. And I don't care if they're switching genres. I really don't. Okay, you know who never made good music? Limp Biscuit, Fred Durst. <laughs> yeah. And he and he decided one VMAs. This might be the funniest performance. I dare anyone to YouTube this. He wanted to bang Christina Aguilera so bad he did a duet with her at the VMAs. And it might be the most cringeworthy, awful thing I've ever seen in my life. And it's 2000 early aughts awfulness. But it's so douchey because clearly he's trying so hard to get in her pants that he's (laughs) doing this duet in the MTV VMAs. Legendary. Just that's a side note. Well, I'll, I'll have to check this out. Um, and the uh, Limp Bizkit sucks. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, let me see if I got this right. Hold on. Um, okay, there was a clip from 2012, because that's the end of that 2009 clip. 2012, uh, December of that year. And it was, uh, I think this was Tommy from Malden. I'm not 100% sure. It seems to he worm his way into a lot of good clips. And um, it, it was just him shitting on... Uh, this is right uh, months before the summit video, just a few months oh. before the summit video. So check it out. Oh, well, all these guys are around and they don't do my show. And, you know, I, I got to be honest with you. I go nuts when I see these guys on Letterman and Jon Stewart and I see them on these other shows. And it's a non-interview. Now, I didn't see the Letterman one, but I'm sure it was filled with drivel. And I threw these in the, in the theme, guys, a lot of these, but I don't think I put everything. But either way. Why exhibit your jealousy in that fashion? Why say I, they, I'm sick of them doing other people's shows and not mine? Why why verbalize that, Sam? I don't. That's a great question. Why would you verbalize that? Because then that also puts you in the position that you have to be better than them. So if you're not, you're already losing. Yeah. So if you really if you want to get into that genre and have these people on your show, you better come with your A game, and you better not be drivel. 
and hello, Joey King, Bella Thorne, <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly. I mean, yeah. this, it was nothing but drivel. Right. You could just, that, you know, throw oatmeal at the radio and let it drip. That's how terrible it was. <laughs> and from 2010 onwards, really, and especially, really, especially 2012, 2013, because that's the GTD kind of indoctrination, indoctrination period where apparently Marcy or somebody was behind the scenes, you know, schooling him, ter- put, putting him into the cult and telling him he was his sunshine, you know, shined out of his ass and uh, you're the best interviewer and this is how you should go. You should go the interviewer route. But he was still giving shit interviews all throughout these years. Some were better than others, sure, admittedly. And and, and the Robert Plant interview, when we get into it, guys, a little bit, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be so anti-Wig as to not play certain questions that were answered correctly or that were asked properly. We're going to give him props where we – we always, I think, give Wig props where we want to – where we need to because – well, I mean, we're not we're not that his... anti. We can't blind ourselves to it. No, we definitely we weren't super fans for no reason. That's right. There's also this thing that. So he's doing this right now. We're saying he wants to be he's upset because people aren't going on his show and getting interviewed. Right. right. But then his whole interview style that was effective and the most interesting ones were because he let other people talk. Yes, it, it, he is the best at springboarding off mm-hmm. of people. So when Artie would jump in, mm-hmm. or Sal, or Gary, or Fred, or Robin, Howard springboarded way better off of people, and it made the interview better. If you Far just better. have him by himself, it's never good. It's no. just never good. And it doesn't help that whoever's giving him his, his notes, because he's not fucking getting his notes, or if he is, he's getting the shitty ones, he's not actually getting people who know what the fuck they're talking about. Like, if you get a painter in, or if you get a musician in, you would want someone to get the questions, if it's not you, you would ask someone who's on staff who has some kind of knowledge of this to really go deep. And then you pass them off as your own knowledge, you sound great as a result. That could still work. But when he had fucking plant on, all he would do is go zap, 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 and the guy's got a new album he wants to fucking promote. Which, even though he mentioned it a couple times, he didn't actually. I don't even believe he played any of the fucking music. Maybe a little of it, and then he was just zap. And the guy like that doesn't want to talk about a ten-year period of his life that's forty years in the past. Uh, no shit. And he also doesn't want to, you know, be pushed into this scenario where he's blowing his bandmate because that's basically what Howard was going for. <laughs> exactly. Number two, uh, it's a, I asked them questions. This one, this one made me fucking piss laughing. Oh, fuck. I don't know. Was there any substance to the interview? No, it was very boring. Right. He, he was fawning over them and they weren't giving answers. You know, I got to tell you, I know Dave just got the Kennedy Center on. If there was a God, I'd have the Kennedy Center on her because I get a hold of people and I ask them questions. Three <laughs> page the love of your life. Can you say questions again? Questions. Oh God, yeah, yeah. The the teeth are really. Yeah, that's a hurdle for him. And part part three, I'm a rock DJ. This is another great one. I'm a huge rock fan. I have a huge amount of knowledge about rock. I'm a rock DJ. (laughs) Oh my God, this is worse than like. You know what this is like when my daughter gets dressed up in a costume yeah. and starts twirling. I'm a princess. I'm a princess. <laughs> <laughs> Mia, you could be Mia. You could be a shock jock, and you don't know it yet. <laughs> so a way better uh, job. 
Uh, let me see if this is correct. Hold on. If I could get a hold of Led Zeppelin, you would learn something. What? Exactly. We did put in a request for them. Of they, course. They were, promoting, they were promoting a concert movie from a couple of years right. ago. So they were out promoting. I know. I know you approached. And, uh, we... Okay, so you approached them. They turned you down. There we go. So all of a sudden, it's not, oh, I don't even know if I would. If they don't, if you're turning away someone who's already turned you down, you're not actually turning them away. That's rule number one, <laughs> boys and girls. That's like saying, I didn't want to be invited to that party anyway. <laughs> I guess he didn't read the book. He's just not that into you. Exactly. Exactly. Number five, uh, weak vision is history. Ah, these motherfuckers. <laughs> guys who were my heroes. I, I, you know what? I spent more years at radio stations promoting the careers of these guys. <laughs> he did not give a fuck about the music. And he's going to go into the Robert Plant interview. And I'm sure I'm going to repeat myself, guys. So again, I apologize. He goes in and, and during the course of the interview, at one point he says, uh, I, was, I did not want to be at the mercy of playing the music. Oh my God. And, they talked about this. Even Benjamin, when he did the private parts thing with us, yeah. they, he said at the radio station, he hated, he wanted to play the top 10 hits. He wasn't into rock and roll. He wasn't into None. playing different records. And That's by right. the way, Howard, if you played Zeppelin, that would draw back in the day when you weren't super popular, you would get more attention to your radio station by playing them versus you talking about anything. You fuck. Right. Well, that was the other thing. Yeah, he played like Croft and Seal, Seals and Croft, like uh, Janice Ian, all the like really pussy music at the time, like folk music, anything with if it was barefoot, he played it. And uh, and he got rid of the rock and punk uh, stuff off the station that Meg Griffin and her boyfriend at the time were playing and oh ended God, up when he, he probably he probably hid. No, no, he, he at, at that particular station, I think it was still in, I think it was, I don't know if it was Washington or it might've been Hartford. I can't remember, but it was early on. At any rate, he, he became program director, uh, program manager, and he uh, fired them. He actually let okay. them go. And then, cause they were the, 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 the radio station was like, he'll do what we want. He's going to be a company man. That was rebel Howie. From Meg the Griffin onset. talked about that. We, we've, we, you and I, I think discussed that before with Meg Griffin could you imagine him going to CBGB's? He'd probably, the fireworks at a Zeppelin concert would be nothing compared to him at CBGB's. He probably would hide and like try to crawl out a bathroom window. So what we're going to play right now, guys, is a bit of Meg Griffin discussing more of what we're talking about, how he basically was a company man and very different from what he was back when. So here we go. Howard and I first crossed paths at uh, WRNW in Briarcliff Manor. It was my first job. I'm not sure if Howard had worked at some other station before RNW. I think he had. Um, he came in and he was, he hadn't figured himself out yet, I guess is how I would describe it. He wanted to be on the radio, but I think he hadn't quite figured out yet that his true uh, brilliance would be a talk show like what he has developed uh, so successfully over all these years. So he came in as a DJ. I really didn't get to know him very well then. What did happen when Joe and I left that station? Were let go, by the way, not left. They were let go. And that's when Howard became the program manager and he'd let them go. Like he was responsible for cutting their show, basically. Yeah. And it's so funny hearing somebody who's so sure of themselves Versus somebody like Wiggy um, observing him. Mm -hmm. It's re it's really telling. 
and not concerned with her look. Like she's just talking. She's just on film and she doesn't give a fuck. He has right. to have 20 monitors. He has to be in his studio. The lighting has to be right. The microphones have to be right. Everything. She's just naturally talking. Or if you have a look and you're good at style, mm-hmm. you just are. Yep. Just be as you be. Just be what you are. Because a new owner came in there and he wanted to kind of clean up what we were playing. We were too wild for him, the new owner. He wanted all records to sound like Steely Dan and Fleetwood Mac. And when he heard some of the stuff we were playing, he's like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> this was too wild for this new owner. So they ousted us there. And that's when I went right from there to NEWFM. It was really fine with me. But Howard uh, was asked to take over as program director. And I honestly think that, uh, strange as it sounds, I honestly think Howard was asked to take over as PD because then, again, he I just don't think he'd figured himself out yet. He just wanted to have a job and stay someplace for a while so he could figure it out. Who am I going to be on the radio? So they figured he would do what they told him because he wanted the gig. <laughs> right. So this is exactly why we're playing this clip. He yeah. is a management mouthpiece. He is... He's corporate shill. He's a corporate shill. Yes. He and is a cow. He's a Casey Kasem. Right. He was a coward. And he would. And, and the guys, this is no knock against him in the sense that he was early on in his career. He needed to keep the gig. He needed to keep a job and maintain a job and do whatever was necessary. But he would rather he would have you believe based on private parts that he was playing the fucking Ramones at college. And then like later on, like or at the first station, the first station he was working at this station, he was playing the Ramones and he was playing fucking Patty Smith and all this crap. No, he was playing fucking middle of the road bullshit. Right. That's the thing. I don't mind And I really don't care that he did what he had to do to survive in an industry that wasn't paying that great and had a high turnover rate. Totally, Totally. you know, understandable, especially if you have a wife and a family. Yeah. What I don't like is, again, the constant wig visionist history. It's crazy. And she did say, you know, she said, let go or left. And then she said outed. Yes. That she was. Yeah, so that's a that's a big difference. <laughs> the other thing is, wouldn't it be more endearing for him to say, "Look, I was I was desperate. I want I did whatever I could to keep the fucking gig." Wouldn't that make him appear more human? I mean, most people who do do that say that who struggle mm-hmm. in the music industry. Like you'll notice, uh, we were saying we were talking about I don't know we, what did you mention Pink when she first started her career. She mm-hmm. was in LaFace Records or whatever, and she mm-hmm. did that whole pop star dancey thing that they yeah. wanted her to do at first. That's, that's right. Because that's she just did what she had to do. She's not mm-hmm. pretending that she's just like I'm a rebel. And you know, people just to have your own history and be honest about it. Instead, yeah. you make an entire movie on a fallacy. <laughs> You're a farcical call. <laughs> Many fallacies. This one, I love this clip because this is Bowie actually making a mistake because he's being honest. And I really, if I'd, if I'd listened to this earlier, I would have used it as a theme way earlier than this. You know, it's a bullshit line I still get from publicists that makes me crazy. And I used to get it back in the day. Yeah. Oh, um, he's not doing radio. You didn't get it back in the day. You're getting it at serious because at that point you were not doing radio. And that's the point, Bowie. 
they know you don't you don't have all these listeners. So hence, when the, the summit comes out and he goes, we have you know sixty four. So we're thinking sixty percent of the all the thirty million listen to us and all this bullshit. And if you count, there's four people in the house, then that's you know multiply it by four and stuff. I'm going to tell you that entire presentation is common core math. Yes, <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like. Get to the tens and then subtract to the thing and then maybe you're going to get an answer. Yeah. So here we go. The next part of that same clip, busting on Zeppelin's looks. Oh, my God. Look at that. There's there's Led Zeppelin (laughs) sitting in those chairs. Oh, my God. That's like when I used to go visit my grandpa in the old age home. There were three guys sitting there like that. (laughs) Your parents are in the fucking old age home and you don't visit them. (laughs) Wait a minute. Didn't his grandfather, he said he didn't go to the funeral and he regretted it? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, Number eight, call Zeppelin a ripoff band, which, by the way, was one of the better uh, serious clips when um, Denny Somak came in and played all the comparative songs like uh the Taurus song against stairway to heaven joan baez playing um ba- uh, babe i'm gonna leave you her version and doesn't re- doesn't quite have the fucking sense uh, god gave a goat to know that like it, like they are a rip like they did rip people off it wasn't until later releases and compilations that they credited the people that were responsible for these songs and they started writing down traditional arranged by jimmy page whatever so royalties were fucking paid off well after the fact some people died before they could get these fucking royalties so uh and the, the joan you know baez song was was ann breeden wrote it not not joan baez but she performed it and popularized it first yep I love your, you're the buoy of, quite frankly. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just, I, I mean, I was you're, a you're the Fred and Bowie. back when, yeah. I do find it interesting, though, that when he does talk to a musical artist, like, even not on the show, but just in real life, I remember Joni Mitchell, uh, that You're So Vain, or... Yeah, not you're jo- so not Joni, vain. Mi- not Joni not Mitchell. Not Joni Mitchell. Um, uh, God, what what's her name? Her Kate, name? Carly Simon. Yeah, thank you, sorry. That, but Joni Mitchell is parking lot, right? Yeah. Yellow, parking big yellow, lot. Big okay. yellow taxi, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, so he said that he, she told him who she wrote the song about, mm-hmm. and it was okay for him to tell his audience that he couldn't remember. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. you got to <laughs> be kidding me. What good are you, you piece <laughs> of shit? My Tell favorite me. part of my favorite part of that whole interview was Artie fell asleep. Then when he went on the wrap up show, <laughs> he went on and talked about. It. He goes, "So who was the song about?" And he goes, "Oh, he told Rob. He told she told Howard, and he said he'd tell Robin later." He goes, "I hate that I care." <laughs> <laughs> me too. I still to this day that bothers me. It's like one of those things where I'm just like, "What good are you?" Yeah. At this point, no one gives a fuck. Fuckers. <laughs> When you were out on the road and Led Zeppelin was a band just starting and you were busy ripping off these black guys. <laughs> like there's no there's no like this isn't a Picasso painting where you're you're supposed to interpret what he's saying. It's pretty who dead on. Who are these black guys? Does he yeah. have a does he have any uh names? Was it the Temptations? I mean, what is he talking about? <laughs> just just in a random... Was that supposed to be like he's trying to say Hendrix? I mean, what was he saying there? Or was he just being like blanket statement just to be like, I want to make a controversial racial statement? <laughs> no, I'll ex- I'll explain when we I'll explain when we get back into it because I know about the, the there's a lot of controversy about Led Zeppelin's first album and how they did rip off a lot of um 
old oh, blues artists. They did rip off blues artists. And then later on, they changed the credits, songwriting credits, but not initially. So when they sold millions of that first fucking album, all that money went to Zeppelin. It didn't go to these artists that were long dead or the, the, the heirs of, you know, Lightning Hopkins and Smokestack, whatever bullshit, all these blues guys that were long dead. But they have, so you they know, were like, so they're like the, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen the Sopranos. They're like hash. Yeah, <laughs> pretty pretty much. They're, they're, they're like hash. So Sam, would you like to read the name of interview clip one? Interview clip one. Wiggy ch- <laughs> Wiggy chubbing up for Percy. <laughs> Which by the way was Robert Plant's old nickname. Well, I'm excited, as I said earlier this morning. Here he is a rock god. What am I going to say? I don't know. Are you going to faint? Are I you might gonna faint. Be one of those? Right. You're going to say you fucking sell out. <laughs> I was, yeah. Wait a minute. A rock god. You basically made him a clearance bargain bin TJ Maxx sellout. <laughs> right. So. I mean, he's on clearance at Kmart a year yeah. and for, dec- for decades of time. Spans right. of time. Yeah. What happened? Your show. Exactly. Robert Plant was, um, he had a, I think a a solo album called Carry Fire that he was promoting basically. And somehow we believe that his, his PR guy said, no, you can interview, you can go in for an interview with him. It's good. And also he had only, even a guy like Robert Plant in 2017 doesn't have as many options to get interviews out as he used to, because a lot of the radio stations are automated or they don't even play, um, you know, rock clips anymore. So limited audience. We also have to remember, too, Fillmore, this was the start of this entire propaganda arm Mm -hmm. to sell Wiggy as the greatest interview of all time. Right. So we're dealing with a massive amount of push of propaganda, which we know not to be true. Right. So I can see why he's doing this. Yes. So PR PR guys are selling him as they're selling him as Charlie Doe's. Go ahead. Could you imagine, though? Could you imagine saying you you don't really know what you're going for? You kind of know who this guy is. You're not really sure. sure. Mm -hmm. And you decide to come back or do some sort of promotion and you get this interview. I would have been if I say Robert Plant sober, I would have been cracking a bottle of Jack in the limo in two seconds flat after this interview. It's that bad. Riggy himself after the fact when he was interviewed and, and he brought it up as an example of an interview that he fucked up, but he never really expounded on it. And since then, you've never heard this on replay as far as I know. Guys, fans, if you have heard differently that in the last four years you've heard it on replay, you tell us because I don't believe for a minute you ever heard it again. I personally have never heard it and I've always had serious, mm-hmm. but... I also know that in his book, he talked about that mistake. And I think in an interview mm-hmm. he did for his book, yeah, he talked so. about being overexcited and not, <laughs> yeah, overexcited. I don't even know what this is. Yeah. But, it's a, it's a, yeah. Uh, here we go. Let's go. The plan is here. Uh-oh. The new album is called Carry Fire. Wait, let me look there at you. Wow. A legend. <laughs> there you are. Oh, my God. I'm going to faint. I'm going to faint. Come on on in. in. Put on those headphones so I can hear you. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to (laughs) faint. Do I have to come over there and catch you? Catch me before I I pass out. Do I need smelling salts? Okay. Now, before we get into that, I just completely forgot. We have to to, uh, go on to, um, what is it? I've got it here. 
Hold on. Let's when, see while can... you're looking for this, can I just say, Robin, you fucking twat. She was right there with Wiggy and the bashing, the sellout, the... Oh, is that... She's such a... What's the right word I'm looking for to describe how she piles on? It's condescending and snickering. Yes. It's it's very... It's just awful the way she piles on because she sounds like she knows what he's talking about and she agrees with it in a way that's like, yeah, yeah, and then some. It gives it almost like an air of condescension, like snobbery. I hate it. I realize now, before we go into the interview, I have to play this one little clip here, which I'm sorry, guys, I hate to be uh, disorganized like this. And normally I can just re-edit this, but that was just an intro, so you'll, you'll bear with us. He, at the beginning of the uh, broadcast, he announces he's going to re- uh, interview Robert Plant, and he starts talking about his attire and how he changed his attire based on what he think Robert Plant might think, feel about it. So here we go. <laughs> Today is a very big day on the show for me. Because uh, one of my heroes is coming in. A, uh, <laughs> the sellout. <laughs> yeah, one of my uh, heroes. <coughs> sellout. I worship Led Zeppelin and Robert Plant. All the boys. John Paul Jones, Jimmy Page, and uh, John Bonham, of course. But Robert Plant is coming in. Yep. Do you think he has a teleprompter or notes to who's in the band? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't that sound like uh, the, for, He's the following for sure members? reading that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, and like, I get it. If you want something to sound perfectly right, like we make mistakes. I, I certainly fuck up. I stumble over words because I am recording this. And we don't have notes where this is concerned. We are on the fly when we're recording. And it's up to me to edit out any real major fuck ups. But generally, I leave stuff in warts and all. Sam? But come on, we, if you worship someone, like I still know the first names of everyone in Hanson from growing up. There's no fucking way this guy is not reading that. I could just tell by the way he sounds. Do you think he'd be going like, well, the Nelson twins are in here. Uh, hold on a second. Gunner and Matt, 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 who, Matt, who, Matt, who, Matthew. Oh, sorry. Cut, cut. <laughs> Let's keep going. He's going to grace us. He's going to grace us with his presence. And, and listen. Have they ever been knighted? They've never even. Yeah, he's Sir Robert Plant. He is Sir yeah. Robert Plant? Okay. I am going to. I have a lot of questions for this guy. I've been waiting since fucking high school, senior year. And Fred, don't embarrass me. I won't. What do you I mean? Shan't. What do you mean? I don't want him to be seen or heard. <laughs> well, that's I'm taking care. Now, that's a complete asshole move, and this is in line with what eventually became more normal. He wanted to be the only person interviewing anybody for at least an hour, and then Robin was, I think there was some edict, like, after 60 minutes, Robin, now you can chime in if you want, for the most part. I think that burned her at first, but now she just doesn't care. But Fred definitely got burned and definitely doesn't care because he doesn't participate in the show hardly Mm -hmm. ever. That's right. I mean... It, and going picture, it, picture watching a sitcom that had canned laughter, yeah. and then all of a sudden, there's one scene per show that has mm-hmm. canned laughter because that's how little and infrequent he gives a shit about sound effects anymore. How much do you think uh, Fred was fucking laughing hysterically at how, like how bad the interview was going after the fact and saying like, you didn't want me in ass, so I could have saved you and I did and I, you wouldn't let me. So go fuck yourself. I'm happy you hang, hung yourself with this interview. 
I think he's so glad that he let him hang himself, but I mm -hmm. also see what happens when he does chime in because we learn from the obits. Fred has musical knowledge in yes, history, kind of like you. So mm -hmm. he shows up Howard. There's it's one thing to say you appreciate somebody's music. It's a complete other thing to know somebody's whole history mm -hmm. and uh you know, the minutia of different bands or artists, which Fred does. Howard doesn't know anything. <laughs> I can't have Robert Plant seeing him. Oh, oh there you go. Goodness. You know, no, seriously. You saw John Bonham. You think I'm going to scare him? This is a, uh, this is a very big day for me. As big as like when Paul McCartney comes in or Neil Young comes in. Yeah. This is huge. Or Billy Joel. Or Billy Joel. This is it's not as big as Billy Joel because he doesn't really have Billy Joel in anymore and he doesn't really give a fuck. And it's a guy that he's never interviewed. So it is bigger. So when he did the presentation at that summit, mm -hmm. he said, Neil Young shouldn't be able to take a shit without thinking about me. Right. Okay. So did this happen already? Did this go down? Which? The Neil Young interview? Like, is, was... am I missing something? No, he did that one in 2015, unless I miss my guess, because he was doing that uh, sound, his own MP3 so, player that he invested in. Ponos, I think it was called. Right. Okay. Yeah. So he's he's gaming for Neil Young to be in. So he's saying this would be like if Paul McCartney or Neil Young. So he's trying to get Neil Young to notice he's talking about him. This is all a game. Yep. And at this point, also Roger Waters, he wants to have him in. But then after that last interview, he never gets him in because he starts shitting on him about Israel. Like we could find Israel on a fucking map. And um, and uh, that was, and I think, was it Roger? It, Roger Waters said in, in, in the in the article, I think it was Rolling Stone. He said, I just I wouldn't even waste a second on that asshole. And I just wasted a second. <laughs> it's so true. And Wig knows about. Wig knows about uh, foreign policy like a kindergartner first learning how to read. They just don't. He doesn't know anything. He has no, no idea what's going on. And with He's no communication. He, he literally thinks that uh, the policies that are happening or anything that's happening in that part of the world <laughs> is like World War II, even though it's. <laughs> 2021 he thinks it's like right after the war he, think, he thinks it's he like think, 1946 he thinks it's crazy he, he thinks the gaza strip is like scores uh, <laughs> <laughs> or like west bank is a financial financial institution my god he hasn't been out of a limo or a penthouse in like 30 years no as he has it, no like, idea imagine him trying to splice uh, like an electrical connection Trying to figure out exactly what wire goes where. The other thing is, the other thing is, <laughs> he used to get his politics. He used to get his politics from Ben. But if Ben's incommunicado, Ben Stern, then he's not reading any of this shit. You think he has the attention span and the intelligence, much less the intelligence, to really go through the, you know, the Chicago Tribune and and just tell you the latest stories or whatever. Or the New York Times. I don't for well, maybe he's reading it now since it's become, you know, a woke pile of shit. But I I really think that uh Ben Stern, just the way he supported George Pataki, who was the Republican. Yeah. He didn't like Mario Cuomo. I remember specifically he did not like Andrew Cuomo's father. 
And no. he thought George Pataki was like, you know, the second coming of Christ who came to yeah. his birthday show. I remember so his that. politics are all over the board. He doesn't That's have right. anything. What no. he had was what Ben said. You're right. That's correct. So he parroted his father the way Robin parrots him. And the other thing is here. So we're going to talk a little bit about um, I just now just it was just a, a fleeting thought that went through my mind. It'll get it'll it'll. Oh, no. Yeah. I was thinking the New York Times crossword, which is notoriously difficult. If you it would be no it's no less difficult than it, like if it was written in Sanskrit, it would be just as difficult for him. I mean, he in English, it doesn't matter. It's no advantage to him. He's a fucking dullard. So, oh, my God. Yeah. It would be like if you're an archaeologist and you find a tomb and yep. you start like brushing the sand off and you're like, I have to just I have to decipher what this means. I think at best he reads headlines and that's it. He reads headlines yeah. and, and doesn't go any further. I agree. Yep. And that's a skin. It's not even skin deep, guys. The first time I'm going to meet Robert Plant. In fact, I changed the outfits this morning. Did you honest think about to God, what you were wearing? Honest, he dressed for his girlfriend. <laughs> honest to God story, I got to tell you. I, uh, I was getting dressed, and I had on a black jacket with a Black Sabbath T-shirt. And I went to myself, wait a second. I can't wear a Black Sabbath T-shirt. Like, <laughs> like that would be like if I went on, a, like I went on a show, and the host was wearing, like, an I miss, you know, or, or like, <laughs> okay. I'm uh, listen, this is originally, I thought he was a bit of a douchebag until I saw Gene Simmons, a kiss interview where they were, I believe in Argentina and they gave the interviewer shit for wearing an iron maiden t-shirt as he was interviewing them. And they made him take it off and gave him a kiss t-shirt. Some people can be at that asshole but that's kiss. Robert Plant wouldn't give a fuck. Black but Sabbath. Howard were doesn't care they were... about either. No, he doesn't and, and, listen to anything about no, he's that. A poser, of course. And and there the other thing is Sabbath were contemporaries of Zeppelin. They were they were all basically friendly with each other, even if they weren't all friends, because you know, you're touring, you don't pal around with other bands unless they're on your bill and party with them. But they wouldn't have given two shits because they were the king of the fucking hill. Who gives a shit about Zeppelin? You could be wearing a goddamn new kids on the block shirt and he wouldn't have cared. Yeah, they all back then too. When you hear like their, I don't know, documentaries or behind the music, yeah. everyone was pale. Everyone was in with the drug. It was the drugs and the parties right. and Studio Fifty Four and whatever. Like that's right. Nobody cared. And they also all influenced each other in some ways. Agonizing. <laughs> yeah. Well, they all influenced each other in certain ways. Like, um, like Brian May was a huge, huge Sabbath fan. Um, Sabbath, you know, the like, um. Daltrey, he loved Kiss. He loved uh, the, the Who. They all had a mutual admiration society going on generally. It was very rare for bands to slag off other bands, unlike Oasis later on and the Blur, you know, feud yeah. and shit like that. That was kind of just fodder for the press. Like I another, mean, they all they all cheered women. <laughs> yeah, those T-shirts. Right. And I'd be like, you know, fuck you. I'm here, and you're wearing a Black Sabbath T-shirt. You cock. He went to say he wanted to say cunt, but decided to go cock. I don't understand it. <laughs> he tripped over an <laughs> insult to himself and ended yeah. up on the word cock. Hello, Freud. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, like, the idea that he was so studied, like, I'm going to wear a certain outfit for Robert Plant is already asinine and really more projection. I, I mean, he always had a stream of consciousness type of speech, which mm -hmm. is fine. Yep. But if you're going to act like you're now this somehow upper echelon of an interviewer, 
you yes. don't you don't want to start it off by saying oh my god i was so excited to meet robert plant that yeah. i just i had to change outfits I, mean, I, pull, okay. I, pull, I, I pulled myself out of Ralph's mouth and I started thinking about my wardrobe. <laughs> he would have, he'd be within his rights to just turn around yeah. and walk out. You know, what if I went on a show and I saw a Ryan Seacrest shirt? Uh, <laughs> so you're, you're basically admitting you're jealous of Imus and you're jealous of Ryan Seacrest right now. That's what you just did. <laughs> He's so transparent and everything exactly. he does. You don't even, you know, it's like Third, third degree separation. You don't even need that. I mean, a blind, <laughs> deaf, and dumb person can see how obvious. It's how it's really seething <laughs> idiots. It's narcissism. It's NPD colored by numbers, essentially. You know why are you wearing? What are you trying to tell me? You know. So I went. Wait a sec. I got to change. So I'm wearing a uh, a completely different outfit. And and no rockers. No Robin. emblems anywhere on No, you. <laughs> Robin, I'm wearing a uh, black shirt, as you can see, with a yes. blue jacket. Yes. And you know what? I wanted to look good for Robert Plant, but this I don't look great in this outfit. But at least it's it's not going to offend him. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're wearing a shirt that said Robert Plant sucks cock, I don't know how you're going to offend him. I mean, you did after this interview, so who yeah. cares what you're wearing? You're an asshole. Right. But I got to yeah. tell you something. As this clip is playing, because of the difference from those 2000 early interviews to now, my yeah. headphones are booming with mm -hmm. this bass. Yeah. Like his, whatever the fuck he's doing to his voice is out of control. It's so different and yeah. loud in my ears i want mm -hmm. to throw my headphones off and break them in half i have <laughs> since asked i've since asked richie wilson about this because there was an article uh i have a screen cap somewhere i'll, I'll see if i can find it in another place but another and maybe in another podcast or second part but it, it basically explains his setup as, as told to this person on a forum that worked at on the Stern show. And I asked Richie Wilson about it. What, you know, what's the situation with his vocal settings? Because I have, there's no doubt in my mind, he has some settings for his voice because just listen to all those earlier clips. It's not a difference of mic that would change your voice in your fucking thirties to your sixties and fifties. You might get deeper voice if you're a smoker, but he's not a smoker anymore. And his voice got noticeably deeper, not like just a, a like a, a smidge of an like a a fraction of an octave. There's a complete okay. difference. Here's what I'm going to compare it to. Two things. One. Go ahead. This yeah. would be like saying. This would be like saying, um, you look at someone and they're six feet tall, mm -hmm. and then the next time you see them, they're a basketball player for the Lakers at seven feet. It just right. makes absolutely no sense. No. Also, your voice. Even if it gets deeper, it is not going to affect the audio in your headphones the way it reverberates in my ears. So say your voice gets deeper. Mm -hmm. It's not going to. There's something about the bass. There's some sort yeah. of technical aspect in his voice that is making the technology in my headphones vibrate in a well, way then, that's not normal. Well, then maybe it's technological. Maybe it's something that Sirius has fucked up or that they've he's done on purpose to make it seem like it's going to the plosives are going to hit more. I, I I don't know exactly. However, uh, I'm going to I'm trying to think of like, say, let's say Pacino when he was younger and he talked like this and all of a sudden he went to Donnie, Donnie, uh, wise guy always carries a role. 
Always. Yeah. <laughs> Always. Yeah. It's like it's like Hilaria Baldwin, who was uh, how you say how you say cucumber. cucumber how you say Alec Alec and my children uh, Carmen Rafa Leonardo. Uh, Lucia, she, she fuck reminds you, bitch. Hilar- You're from Hilar- Boston and white. Hilaria reminded me of this Greek kid I, I grew up with. She was from the, she was off the boat, but when she'd she'd switch Greek and English in the middle of a sentence, where where it was so jarring, it'd be something like "Yes, Aspetia, we got the children." Like all of, sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, a word would come uh, in. It's just completely, uh, you know, impromptu. So anyway, that's, that's I guess what we're going for. What do you think yeah. would be looking good to Robert Plant? I I really look good in my Sabbath T-shirt oh, and my black do? jacket. I mean, I look really handsome. Like I look like a rocker, and uh... <laughs> I look like a rocker. <laughs> You mean like a chair on a porch, you old fuck? Now I just look like I'm off my rocker. You need an Af- Fillmore. When you said that, I'm ready to get a fucking Afghan and sit on a chair on a porch listening to wind chimes. Fuck you. I'm thought into it, and um, I took it off. And I said, fuck this. You know, I should be wearing a Led Zeppelin t-shirt. That'd be cool. <laughs> There's nothing cooler than going to an interviewer with, like, let's let me let me interview Alex Trebek and have a Jeopardy T-shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't I interview Annette Funicello and just have like Mickey Mouse ears on me? <laughs> Do you think if I interviewed Britney Spears with a high school like cheerleader outfit on, it would be like better than if I just wore like a button down and, and jeans? Yeah. Do you think if I put poofy, poofy pigtail, <laughs> ponytail holders in my hair, the interview will go better? <laughs> I once interviewed Leonard Nimoy with Spock ears on. <laughs> yeah, he is, He's acting like it's a blind date on Tinder, you wacko. Yeah. <laughs> swipe, swipe far left. Or way, way left. Would I... you really think that, uh, you know, he'd want you outfitted in Led Zeppelin gear? No, I don't think he'd want that, but I don't think he'd want <laughs> Wait, I just didn't want to just wait a second. Why, why, why? Robin, do you think that he would want you outfitted in... I mean, her voice has gotten so haughty and shitty. The things she says sometimes, because we're so used to shitty, haughty Robin, right? it's almost... Nobody says that. Nobody it's, says it's, that. It's almost like a uh, trying-too-hard apple-polishing student in elocution class going, I was... I was just perusing the Sunday paper and looking for, like, it's almost like that Brenda Vaccaro yeah. has TV ad yeah. where they, they had her, like, cigarette breath in, every, in, the, in the exhale. So all of a sudden you'd hear, like, hi, I use Playtex tampons. <laughs> <laughs> you heard every exhale. That's how good the mic was. Brenda Vaccaro for Playtex tampons. I think it's important to know the facts about tampons, to use them intelligently, and to know what you're doing. Let me tell you why I like Playtex best. Only Playtex tampons have a double-layered design. I like that. And Playtex knows... I'm Brenda Vaccaro. I'd like to speak to you about something that means a great deal to me. (laughs) Protection. Feminine protection. And I like that. (laughs) Personally, I need something that I can come with. Hi, Brenda. That was terrific. Just one sec. Who's on sound? Can we do something about that breathing? She sounds like a seal in heat. 
I don't know, put a filter on it or something. Yeah, it's like the League of Their Own, the finishing school scene where they're like <laughs> carrying the books on their head. <laughs> oh, God. No, 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 I understand shirt. the yeah. Black Sabbath thing, but now you're saying I should have had a Robert Plant solo tour t-shirt. No, I don't. Robin's breaths are like fucking Prince B in PM Dawn when he sings <laughs> Set Adrift on Memory Bliss. If you, if you do karaoke, you got to do the heavy breaths when he starts singing about Christina Applegate. <laughs> I, think, I wasn't thinking that deep into it, but I just saw the Sabbath shirt on me and I went, oh, fuck. He's, he might not dig that. <laughs> you might not think that. I love this guy. Fucking love Led Zeppelin. I can't wait to interview Howard with a picture of vagina <laughs> on my shirt. <laughs> this is, what is this diary of a wimpy kid? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I'd have to, I'd have, uh, we yeah. need a Photoshop. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll, of those stick I'll, figures. <laughs> okay, I'll see what I can do because this is like a two-parter, so we'll see. Zeppelin. I was there for that. I got to talk to him about so much, Robin, that we might need 17 hours for the interview. <laughs> you were what? Well, I was. What, what well, is this like? What is this like? The 9 11 papers where they have tortured terrorists? Oh, my God. Well, guys, it's audio waterboarding when you do finally get to the interview. But um, I will say, uh, he's going to talk about something that I'm going to actually stick up for wig here because i thought for originally he was full of shit on that tour and this is great when i was doing the research thank god it confirmed this i told you i went to see led zeppelin it must have been 1970 i'm gonna say seven i went with a guy i think i went with ted utz who ended up becoming the general manager of wnew fm the the rock station but now this is true, and apparently, basically, the story goes. We won't let him bo like bo you know, boggle you with the fucking minutia. But I did uh, message Ted Utz on um, Twitter ages ago, and I actually got a confirmation. So uh, let me see if I can get it, and I'll I'll see if I can put a little screen cap for you guys to read. Uh, just one moment, okay? So. I asked him, are you the same Ted Utz that Howard claims he went to, to the, uh, he went with to the 77 MSG Zep concert? If so, can you confirm at what point the show he left, uh, because he was scared of the M80s going off cheers. And he said, hello, Jim, all true. We stayed for about three quarters of the show. It became rather dangerous. Crowd was really rowdy. So like originally I thought, okay, they started launching shit and then he left before they even got on stage because he is such a pussy. And, um, but I mean, a real hardcore Zeppelin fan wouldn't give a fuck about M80s and shit. You might worry about your ears or setting your poodle wig on fire, but, um, ultimately crowd though, do you think it's like, um, you know how people used to, what's it called when you like bash into each other? Oh, slam dancing. Yeah. Do you think it was like that? No, no. I think it was just because the other one problem was Zeppelin was notorious, especially in the later years of coming on like, an hour, an hour, no, on an hour late, like leaving the crowd, like just waiting for them. And and an, a, a, a Zeppelin crowd was dangerous back in the day in terms of like the naked aggression. It was a lot of, um, I wouldn't say dangerous, but they were unpredictable. Like you, they were just nuts over the fucking band and they were rabid, rabid for live shows. So M80s, I mean, they were, you know, pretty, pretty standard firecrackers back in the day. And if you're doing that in, in a venue, you shouldn't even be having them. Something could easily ignite, catch on fire. All of a sudden you got a riot and you're fucked because the place so is what jammed. Do, what do you think is scarier? A Led Zeppelin rowdy crowd or 
a teeny bopper in sync concert. <laughs> well, I'm, I'll tell you one thing. Nah, I was cheesy. I know. I went. I went to see Sabbath. Uh, Ozzy reunited with Sabbath minus Bill Ward and Ozzy. Uh, they played it in Tokyo for Ozfest in 2013, and I went with a buddy because he was he was a Tool fan, and they were playing with uh, Sabbath. They were headlining Ozfest, and the Japanese crowd when Black Sabbath when the, the Tool set ended, it was almost immediately onto Sabbath onto a separate stage. So they went. They rushed towards the fucking stage, and I went in there without my camera with with my phone and uh my buddy said it was like you were swallowed up in the undertow of a fucking tidal wave and it was massively hot i almost fainted because they were so close together i was getting constricted but the air con would would kind of you know when it does the swinging motion every now every like every like 10 every 20 seconds you get the hit of cold air and that would refresh you but it was the coolest thing i ever saw because the japanese are so into organized chaos that it, anybody that did faint or whatever, they held them up. They propped them up and they made sure they were okay. Wow. Yes. So one guy, he, you know, did barely spoke any English, but he grabbed my shoulder and said, you okay? You okay? And I said, yeah, no problem. No problem. And I got through it and I'd never seen that in my life. So they were all about like rocking and stuff, but not at any cost. So that's amazing. Sec- Sounds like yeah. COVID. We were both dish jockeys. I was full-time. He was part-time at the WRNW. And for some reason, I don't remember being particularly close with Ted, but maybe I was because we ended up going to see Led Zeppelin in Madison Square Garden. And I don't, you know me, I don't go anywhere. With anybody. With anybody. (laughs) So he was always a reclusive shithead. Go ahead. Why do you have to be close with someone to go to a concert? I mean, I have literally smoked joints, drank beer with With complete strangers strangers (laughs) at a concert. I mean. Yeah. I don't remember being close, but you still sponged a ticket off of him and went. I think it was probably a free ticket from the radio station, and that's the only reason he went. I would love to see if anyone offered Howard drugs, how he would react. I would cry laughing. Oh, God, that would be the best. Like, Mr. Mr. Drug Addict would be, like, all in, and he'd go, oh, yeah, got any shrooms? Yeah, my ass. <laughs> but somehow we ended up there, and uh-huh. I remember we – I told you this story. We left early because – there were quarter sticks of dynamite raining down on my head. The people <laughs> in the upper upper uh, tier yes. were throwing M80s are not quarter sticks of fucking dynamite. What a fucking what 79. What is this Roadrunner <laughs> Wiley Coyote? <laughs> <laughs> what, what am I hearing right now? Is this my... going to be like an anvil drops down from I was the thinking, neck? Before you even said it, I was going, my name is Wiley Coyote. Super genius. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thought bubble in my head is <laughs> free bird seed. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> Do pelicans eat bird seed? <laughs> no, they eat fish. He certainly would have been like a roadrunner if if you if know they... what though? What? <laughs> It is perfect that pelican eat fish because that fuck tricked himself into having cancer from eating too much sushi. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe like fireworks down on. And I said, I'm getting out of here. I'm nervous. I think Ted left, too, if I remember the story correctly. And did you see Led Zeppelin? Yeah, for a little bit. But but it was I'm telling you, it was dangerous. And then I was I was, you know, (laughs) doing some research. And sure enough, there was a tour. What was that tour called, John? The one where they said. Anyway, it was their final North American tour, guys. It was their final North American tour. What was that called? 
What? Hey, what was that called? I don't have it in front of me because I don't remember anything because I'm so cool and love rock. Because I I'm the rock you, DJ, guys. I'm the rock think, and roll DJ. <laughs> think of all the fucking concerts you've been to. Can't you remember the minutia so well? Everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, like what you did before, what you did after the the concert itself. The maybe you got the tour shirt. Uh, what songs they played, more or less. You, you may not remember everything, but all right, Minusha. My first concert, my parents took me to was the Crash Test Dummies. I oh, know wow. that's <laughs> it's so weird, but they played. Uh, I think it was either a free concert or a okay. five dollar concert or something. Okay, and maybe, maybe my an all ages show. Yeah. I remember my sister and I, they put bandanas like, you know how you, they used to tie them over your forehead and then yeah, around sure. your hair in the back. So sure. bandanas and we had like cool, like grunge outfits. Okay. I mean, it looked so early 90s. Yeah. And the little like, you know, flannels around me and my right. sister had them tied. I right. mean, we were I think I was about five or no, I was like six or seven and she was five or six, something like that. Okay. And. I can remember the minutia of the outfit. I remember feeling so cool and watching everyone enjoy it and yeah. everything about it. And I remember before that we had the cassette and we would listen to it in the car in preparation yeah. for the concert. Sure. And he it, remembers nothing. Nothing and about it. And he's an adult. Yes. Now that's just narcissism or just being a 79. I don't know. Let's add both of them up. I remember my first concert was Alice Cooper on the Poison Tour and Great White opened for them. And unfortunately, wow. Great White Great White was still like the the uh, the lighting did not catch fire and, and kill all of Great White because they were that awful. They like they got such a, a nil response that the, the lead singer ended up just chucking full cups of water at the crowd every so often. <laughs> oh, my God. How, <laughs> How bad old were you? Oh God, I would have been, uh, God, that was, I was 15 or 14 at the time. It's 89, I think. 89, 15. After that, uh, I went to concerts like a lot when I was young. I went to TLC when yeah. I was in uh seventh grade and they were all alive. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been, that was before, that was before Lisa left before that was before Lisa left I.O. Lopez was now Lisa dead I.O. Lopez. Go ahead. Yeah, that was just when she only burned down a house. That's and right. I uh, it, it was uh, Destiny's Child open for them. Wow. So that's Beyonce and the other, you know, Destiny's yeah. Child members that were like, you know, the only one who still was around is Kelly. But there was the other two. Yeah, you, anyway. you guys in this most in, in most a lot of the well the certain states you guys were spoiled for gigs because there would always be bands coming through if you had a big enough venue. In my hometown, the venues weren't big enough for a lot of bands to th consider worth it. Although Bob Dylan played one time under the uh, under a red sky, I think tour, and it was it was packed. I mean, he did play to something like I don't know they they oversold it and made it like nine thousand seats, but that's still not big enough for a lot of bands. Like if they can't play to ten thousand seaters, they're not going to do it. Then later on over the years, there were some you know sort of alternative bands that would absolutely play for the university, or they'd play like five hundred seater theaters, you know, stuff like that. They didn't care if the ticket prices were high enough; it was worth it. You know what? I find it surprising, but my mom and dad always said that Buffalo, everyone always came to Buffalo. So I guess yep. we just have like we've been even though the city has changed so much over the years, sure. we've just been graduated in as you have to come here at some yeah, point. It's always, it, and it's so always we've a had leg, so many it, musical acts. It's a leg of a tour that most bands will go through because they know there are a lot of fans that aren't going to go into New York or New Jersey and 
you've got a, a built-in market somewhere there. There's somebody in suburbs that'll go sooner go to Buffalo to see a show uh, than you know somewhere else. So yeah, especially yeah, in New York, ro- in New York State. Holy fuck, Jesus. Yeah, the New, the Rolling Stones came here in 2014 to the Bill Stadium. So. Yep. I said, fuck it. I took my tax money. I got uh, me and my best friend, Nicole, tickets. And we, it was, I was like, I don't give a shit how much I'm paying. I, they, I'm never going to see this again. They're either going to yeah. die or I'm yeah. never going to see this again. Yeah. There's still, yeah. There's still a couple of gigs I've yet, like before they die, I, I, I had, a, I'll tell, tell this one quick story and then we'll, we'll close out. I was supposed to see, I wanted to see Prince one time live oh. in my life. And my wife and I were in Helsinki uh, the day his concert was announced. No, no, well, when we went in, it wasn't announced that day, but he was going to play Helsinki on the day we were leaving out of Finland. Like we were touring northern, like all of Europe, but then we were going to, we came, flew in through Finland and we're coming back through Finland. On the last day of our our trip, he was going to play Helsinki. And I thought, oh, I have to fucking see this. Because in Europe, he would play like shitloads of more encores, better like songs. It wasn't just the hits. He would play loads of covers and stuff. However, I looked up online and Helsinki had the record of most canceled Prince uh, concerts ever because he just kept like, either they didn't sell enough tickets or whatever reason. And so I said, I'm not going to fucking change my flight. He cancels on me because I will boycott him for the rest of my life. He ended up, not only did he do the fucking show, uh, three encores, probably two hours. And they said it was probably the show of the tour. It was that good. And I never got a chance to see him again. And I, I'll, I'll never regret, stop regretting that. You're still beating your, I am beating you up over this. Yeah. So that, that's the way I felt about the stones. I was like, I don't give a shit how much the tickets are. I'm paying for them. I'm paying for good seats and I don't give a flying fuck. I need to see them. And seriously, when they started the show, everything, I could not believe the way Mick Jagger at his age moves. It honestly boggled my mind. He's a machine. I was like, how does he do that? And then you look at Howard. He can barely walk down. (laughs) (laughs) He's Seriously, walking down a stepping stool for a kid that can't get on a potty in preschool, and he's confused. <laughs> Probably stepping on a kid. Uh, okay, we're going to stop that one for now, guys, and we'll return to part two at another time. So thank you guys so much for listening, and we hope you've enjoyed this, and we'll, we're sure you're going to enjoy part two, however it comes out. Shit, I'm nervous. Don't, please don't hang up on me. Uh, she gets ner- uh, she gets a fat condition for the next two years. What do you do? I leave her. Yeah, I, I, I'm out. No, no, this is here. This is what I was saying. No, don't yeah. hang up on my ass. I, <laughs> say you, she does the math on. She go to doctors. Say, you say you gotta get fat for two years. <laughs> say you like that, that's some kind of condition where she gotta get fat. What does you do? Yeah. <laughs> what yeah, does you do? Yeah. What does you do? <laughs>